This is the A-B Testing 343 Podcast, a podcast where we ask one of the three listeners of the A-B Testing Podcast three questions about almost anything. ABT 343 is a fun slice of what's going on in the world of modern testing. Let's get started. It's been a while, but we're back for another ABT 343, and this time... I just realized I forgot to ask our guest how to pronounce their last name, but I'm going to go with our guest being Melissa Pullman. You would be correct. Awesome. So I'm good so far. I haven't screwed up anything too badly so far today. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Luckily, this uh, podcast is always remote. Uh, We were talking briefly just ahead of me pressing record how great it's been that Zoom has stayed up and running and how much of our, at least my life, is in in services hosted in places in the cloud. I don't know where they exist in the real world, but they don't involve people. Yeah, I'm, I also feel thankful that my world doesn't involve people. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a statement we could take out of context, but yeah, it's been, how are you holding up? Uh, where are you located? I am located in Portland, Oregon. Not too far from here. How How, no, how are things in Portland? How are you... How are you holding up with the the new world we live in? Um, well, it, it's funny. My coworkers were just chatting on, about that on Slack and asking, "What are the weird things you've started doing?" I'm like, I, "I'm just living the same I did a week ago." So my my life's pretty much set up to be, you know, okay with self sufficiency to some extent, being a little bit prepared, being a homebody. So I'm doing okay. I don't have children, so I don't have that added huge amount of stress that. You know, a lot of my coworkers have, and it seems a lot of the other listeners and um, people who are on the Slack channel are are expressing. So things are okay, but yeah, people, it's it's a lot, a lot of things have slowed down here. A lot more people walking around during the daytime, so it feels neighborhoody, but also like be nice if it wasn't because of this. Yes, I actually have had the exact same experience. For me, it's been largely the same. I've been dealing with a few more coworkers, learning how to work this way. And mm-hmm. I take the dog for a walk every day and I just see people in their yards and people on their porches because the weather's been a little nicer and it feels a lot more neighborhoody. We don't, exactly, yeah. we don't walk up and introduce ourselves anymore, but you know, <laughs> other than that, yeah, it's, well, you'll know each other now, right? We, we, we wave from afar, new world. As you know, AB2343, we're going to ask one of our three listeners, three ish questions but with my tendency to tangent it usually ends up being a little bit more but we'll we can go ahead and get started so maybe a good place to start is well first of all we don't know what you do but i want to lead into that like what was your path into testing talk us through a little bit how you got from where you were to where you are um yeah i got here in a convoluted disjointed manner um, I graduated college many years ago with a undergraduate degree in studio art and, uh, I moved to Chicago and worked a couple years there doing things that were not going to be long-term sort of career things. And I felt a little bit more ambitious than that. So I took some more classes, computer, you know, in the computer science area, didn't get a degree cause I just got a job instead. Um, and just kind of learned on the job. So I've been doing tech, I guess you could say since, oof, God, 19 years now. Wow. So I've done some technical support um, for a small software company. 
I've done, uh, and then I started doing, I guess, QA probably about, what's it been? 13, about for about 13 years. So I've, I've really been kind of learning on the job going to conferences. I was doing a lot of my work in a smaller town here in Oregon. So there were, wasn't uh, meetups specifically for, for testing, but at the same time, I think that was really great because I never worked for a company that had kind of the old school, like QA team sits over here and does a bunch of manual testing and then reports back and is the bottleneck. So I've always been able to work really closely with my development team, small, small teams, kind of understand what they're doing, learned more about unit testing and kind of the development process. And, you know, through those years of seeing like all the different changes. So at this point, I'm now working not with a small startup and I'm the only QA person and probably will be the only QA person. Uh, when I was interviewing for my last job, I really wanted to find a company where the development team understood what quality was. It wasn't the separate role or the separate person that does this testing at the end that they're doing a really good job of as far as they can with a startup uh, with their their side of testing and that I could help them understand where gaps are missing. Um, I can help get some of the more front-end testing up and running where it's needed. And so that's kind of been my role the past few months. And it's been really nice. Um, it's, it's great to be with a team that understands kind of what they were looking for, didn't have, you know, too many bad experiences with the whole QA role in the past and, you know, expect me to just do a bunch of manual testing. So um, I feel like I can really contribute a lot with the team here. So that's that, where I'm at now. That's yeah. great to hear. I try not to spend too much talk, time talking myself on these, but I have a few things to say is interesting parallel. I don't know if you've uh, listened to enough or if this come, even come out on the podcast, but uh, I wasn't a studio art major, but I was a music major in college. And then, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I found my way into tech support, and that's where I learned to to test and to program. And I that part is very much in parallel. I also like to hear is that Brent and I often say that we didn't invent anything when we start talking about modern testing. What we did was try and capture what we had seen happening. Mm-hmm. Your story is just yet another example to the many and many out there of how teams are adapting to delivering quality products in the 21st century. It would have happened whether we talked about modern testing or not. We're just trying to help people prepare and learn about the changes that are happening. So cool to hear what's going on. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not going to say it wasn't kind of difficult to find the right, the right posting. Um, I mean, there's still a lot of postings where, you know, it's just you're, you're an automation tester 24 hours a day and well, maybe not 24, eight hours a day, sorry, (laughs) Um, in the role. And it's like, well, that's not very interesting. Sure. I could focus on that for a year, you know, get my skills beefed up in that area. And, you know, I was maybe open to that depending on what I found, but this kind of role where I can be more integrated in kind of a bigger picture um, is, has always been way more interesting to me. That's, that's great to hear. It's fascinating. I, I love it. So just real quick, what is the, are you, can you tell me what company you work for or what kind of work you're doing? Is it, is it unannounced? Is it secret? Is it government? No, it's none of those things. <laughs> um, um, we are a startup and we are called Bumped. And um, we're, we're still trying to figure out, you know, some growth paths. Um, hopefully with the scariness going on with the stock market, you know, we, we're not too affected, but we are fintech. Um, so the application at the moment um, is a 
mobile mobile app. And basically, we want to be able to have anyone be an owner of stock. And the way we do that is that you will earn stock as kind of a reward um, for places you shop. So um, it's kind of like a loyalty program, but instead of getting points or cash, you can actually get stock and feel like you have ownership of the companies that you're shopping at. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, we're looking on how do we expand it? How do we, well, also stay afloat, you know, given, given the times right now, um, you know, we're, we're still hopeful, you know, we're still, we're still fine. Um, so, and we've got, you know, really creative people and sales and, you know, everybody throughout the organization. And so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. This is a great time to buy stock. It's cheap. Yeah. I think it'll be even better <laughs> in a few months, but uh, hopefully not, not too terrible. Yeah. We, we, we got to keep on trying to find ways to make lemonade out of our lemons. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, you know, once the stock market goes down some more and, you know, if this concept catches on, that will be a really great vehicle for, you know, people who haven't been doing great to actually get some sort of asset um, diversity um, just from shopping from for stuff they kind of need every day, like gas or groceries. I love that product idea. That's really cool. Yeah. You have had an evolution in testing and found what sounds like a really great role for your experience and for, of course, what we talk about yeah. on A-B testing with modern testing. But I'm curious, what would you tell people new to a testing role to look for in a job? Uh, so yeah. can I keep it in mind how things have changed? You may have some good advice there. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about this because I um, was talking to one of my neighbors recently, you know, given we're seeing folks out and about more and um, found out that he is also in testing. And so we talked recently because he's, he's still pretty new to it and found out, you know, I'm not so new to it. And, you know, he, he's in a role where it's more just manual testing. Nobody on the development team has really talked to him about how to deploy anything himself for the web app. You know, they have people that are contractors that are offshore. And so trying to understand like, what what is actually out there has been a little bit harder for him to kind of get into because he's got a very myopic view of what testing is and so so we were talking about since he's in a web web app thing you know just start small because he he is seeing like where things are are kind of not working and you know i you know encourage people like what are the small things that you see that you can improve and because changing an entire organization is not going to happen i've I've been in many organizations um, and the bigger it gets, the more difficult it becomes because it's just a huge machine that's just, it's doing its thing. But I told them, try to get the application up and running, like learn how your, your code actually works. How can you deploy it yourself? How can you get in there and actually see what's happening? Um, learning how the calls from the back end are getting made to the front end and what data is going back and forth. What are the tools you can use to inspect those things and, and interact with them? Um, so just trying to get control of as much information on your own so that you can play around with it. Cause it, I think at the end of the day, it's really, can you learn something from it and having that curiosity and doing whatever you can to get everything. Um, so you can do that. Yeah. I, I like the emphasis on learning and just one, I've been having uh, career discussions with a lot of my team. And of course I don't manage, I have two people who do test coaching, probably a very similar role to yours. Okay. And then I have DevOps teams, of course. Mm-hmm. And one of the things for all those people I 
being completely unafraid to learn new things and to take on things you don't know how to do mm-hmm. is your key to long-term success. And I think that's true with, that's more true than ever with testing. I've done some automation. I haven't done like a full, like, I'm going to implement this framework and I'm going to write the all the tests and support and all that. Um, but I have enough knowledge to kind of figure it out. Um, and in this role, I basically came in and did that. And I wasn't really sure at first, but I figured, well, it's small enough and there's enough developers to help me that, you know, it'll be fine. <laughs> so yeah, don't don't be afraid to just kind of jump in and, and figure it out because at every place it's going to be a little bit different, but the more you do it, the more little things you're going to learn and you can you can do it better next time if, if you need to do it next time, which you probably will. Yeah. I was just thinking where testing has come from. And of course, the brain is is a very good testing tool, but we keep on, you know, just knowing how to use the the web debugger, knowing how to make a simple curl request, Mm -hmm. learning how to use Postman if you have APIs. I've attended great workshops and online tutorials on using Postman for exploratory testing of REST endpoints. And I think that's really fantastic stuff. Oh, yeah, developers a few jobs ago, like, yeah, we're using this to, you know, test our endpoints. I'm like, oh, what is this? And what are all the endpoints? And how do I use it? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to start sending weird combinations of data. And oh, hey, you're not handling it. That's exactly what we should be doing. Of course, you're talking to your neighbor who you found out was in testing. Mm -hmm. And we also talked about the people doing test automation, the automation tester, Mm -hmm. which I think is an odd... I still think today is an odd, and even more so today, an odd specialization. I, I see it a lot for... I know, I see it a lot yeah. too. And and of course, that means they're writing Selenium eight hours a day. Right. But there are some good uses for Selenium. Have, have you, what's what's your view? You've heard my rants, and yeah, we had and hugs I, on the I, show last year, but... Yeah, I, I'm not using too much Selenium, but I am having to use Appium, but I'm using it through WebDriver IO. So it's all kind of the same commands. And I think my team is pretty good about understanding, yeah, you don't want to write a thousand UI tests. That's kind of ridiculous. But what we do want to use them for is uh, for a new web app that we are implementing, we, we need um, accessibility enabled. And so my developers, are using tools within the front end for the components and for unit tests to make sure that accessibility rules are being matched. Um, And then what we can also do, just in case something falls through the cracks, and also because once a page is completely composed, um, we can run the uh, X rule sets and use our Selenium um, tests in order to just hit the different pages to then call that method to run our rule set and then report back. Um, whether there's anything else that was missing, so I, I'm I'm gonna I'm hoping uh, to get that in place in the next few months, and I think that's going to be very helpful. The other thing I don't think we're going to probably do any anytime t- anytime soon is for checking performance front end, um, but I think that's probably another good thing to do if you have a lot of content. Um, depending on, I I would say probably commercial applications are probably more important for that to understand. Mm-hmm when things are loading and in what order and how, and if it's slowing down kind of your, the user uh, interaction. No, that's not the right word I'm looking for there. Anyway, I can't think of it right now because I'm talking a lot and nervous. So um, (laughs) 
I think I think using Selenium as a way um, to integrate other tools, um, but not for functional testing. Obviously, I I can definitely agree that is a horrible way to do it. You get it. You get yeah. it. You get it. And I I love the idea of uh, plugging the accessibility tool using Selenium just to navigate yeah. to the page because that's not going to break or it's going to break much less often. And then I think on the performance side, you could you have the performance viewer in the debugger that shows you what's loading, how long it's taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even accessing that data automatically, so you just tell when there's a regression. Hey, all of a sudden it's taking us 30% more time to load our components. That's another great thing to do because my stance is I don't hate Selenium. No, no, absolutely I, not. There, there's a time. I place think it's for it. overused for the wrong purposes. I feel the same way with cucumber, but that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but oh, I could tell you a story, uh, but I won't. Yeah, I could tell you a story too. <laughs> uh, the one, the one thing that does make me nervous is that um, for mobile apps, like that, that's still really hard. It's really hard to test them, and you still need a lot of um, UI automation because of all the different versions of. Uh, phones and tablets and operating systems. And so having an automated UI test is still one of those kind of important things. And then you still have to think about all this data you need to have in place in order to make sure things are in the right state. And it's, man, that part, that part's still kind of a beast, but you know, at least I don't have to worry about it for the web as much. It is, but the same rules apply. I think navigating to make sure the application doesn't crash or black screen or, or ANR or any of those things that can happen is fine via Appium and because you're going to have such different behavior. And if you use one of the services like, shoot, there are a bunch of services that give you a mobile device test farm. Oh, yeah. Browsers, Tapsoft uh, Labs. Yeah. And th- those are helpful to get that coverage because they're all so different. But Again, it loses its value when you start trying to do a whole bunch of functional automation at that level. Yeah, and and we have good separation um, with our our business logic front end presentation. So, you know, we we feel really confident for pretty much the entire app of you know the data we're getting is like we'll just display it. You know, we we don't have to worry about checking those sort of things. So yeah, one of the challenges, and I'm curious about how you found this role and how you found a team that supports the role you're in because as you know, we're watching the industry change with modern testing, what, how quality is achieved on a team. Yeah. But as we go in that direction, do you have any insights or ideas on how management needs to change or how testing or something about how testing is managed and what changes you'd want there? Um, yeah. I'm not sure how I found this team. It was pure luck. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> You find your you find your own luck. Yeah. Good job. Be patient. Um, don't don't take that first job that you find because it'll just end in tears. No. <laughs> no, you'll learn a lot. Yeah. I you, you can you can cry and learn. I, I guess that's true. That 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 is something that is pretty pretty uh, frequent occurrence for me. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, some of some of the things I've seen and I and I think we you've talked about it probably in the podcast a lot too, is like there's there's kind of still a lot of old ideas about testing is this one person does the thing of testing and it, it seems it's been very difficult for probably even larger organizations to understand how do you fit in kind of the skills and some of the specialties of 
the old idea of that role into an entire team and people are having a really hard time with it. Cause like you're saying, there's still this automation tester role out there and it's very, very specialized. And why are we not, and from what I've seen, people, the manage, management seems to also have a hard time understanding, well, how do you find like career paths for these folks and how do you train them? Because, well, they're not developers, they don't know how to code or they're not DevOps people or, you know, there's like so many of these fuzzy skills that I think it's hard for management to understand how to not have to have a very specific job code and career path for, for these people. And for that, I, I have no idea what needs to change for that. Maybe not dividing teams up into just development and then just DevOps and then just like SRE teams is having those truly like fully cross-functional teams so that you just have skill sets of people on a team and not worry about the titles as much. And I think we ourselves need to train ourselves out of like, here's this title you have and here's this, you know, career path you can have and just like, are you engaged? Are you learning? And do you feel you're being fairly compensated compared to everybody else? That That's kind of what I, kind of how I feel about it. But I'm also a lot further along in my career than a lot of other folks. And it, it's kind of scary to think like, well, how do you get new testers into the job market? Because they're not necessarily going to have kind of that broad experience that a team needs to have, as well as more, some of the specialized skills. So that I think that might be worth more thought, maybe not with me, but maybe in another podcast or folks who are on the uh, Slack group have any thoughts about that. Yeah, Brent and I get asked a lot about how does someone starting off in testing do modern testing? And the answer is, I think they don't. I think the role you're in requires that experience and breadth. As your team grows and as you help them build this, sorry, principle four, nurture and something, your culture of quality, I should really I should really memorize the principles. There could be someone from the team that's able ends up a, being able to coach quality as well as you can. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if the path to I don't wonder if I, I hypothesize and think that perhaps the path to one path to becoming a modern tester or a person in a role like yours is to come from development and and really embody that culture of quality and engineering quality so much so that you can you can lead your team towards a culture of quality. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't feel like I've come from a development role though. Yeah, and I think another path is but you you were on a team True. probably before yeah. of testers and you have people to learn from. And I think that's the other path. I think I'm trying to think if there was a reason I had an opportunity to hire uh, someone fairly new to the industry into a, you know, as a tester, what things would I look for? I wouldn't look for their desire to write a lot of automation every day. I would look for a desire to learn a des- uh, that what we talked about before that, that uh, lack of fear in taking on new things. Yeah. I, I definitely ask those questions in interviews. Yeah. But then if they had people in a quality coach, quality consultant role around them, they could, learn from them and maybe they're doing a little bit more I, actually i don't even they'd even do a little bit more hands-on testing at the beginning mm-hmm. uh, i think they probably would have to to get the experience to be, i think credibility to be able to talk about it yeah they have to practice some of those things but or, or, i think 
in most cases, I would probably, I, I don't know if the path to being this quality testing, quality coach begins in testing. It, it feels like either you just stick around for a lot of years and you try to learn as much as possible and take on different roles, depending on where you're at, or if you need to find a new role or like a larger company has a concept of kind of like this floating role where you're working with development, you're working with a DevOps team, you're working with maybe a production support team. And so you're learning all those steps of deployment and production from beginning to end so that you can get that exposure of that big picture and how things need to fit together so that you you, you can see kind of what quality really means for a product. And it's not just, did you write a thousand tests and they all pass? I think it's a parallel. As I mentioned, I manage our, I think I mentioned, I, I manage our DevOps teams mm-hmm. in our organization and they have a big impact on quality. And we hired recently, uh, six months ago, uh, a brand new junior, I'll call them, but brand new developer. And there's a lot of influence they have. And the goal of a DevOps team isn't to do all the DevOps stuff because it doesn't exist. DevOps was really never meant to be a team. Uh, it's a culture, yeah. which is the idea. The problem was, the problem it solves is, there was a time when services developers would finish stuff and they'd chuck it over the wall to the operations team who would deploy it and monitor it. And they realized that was stupid. So they came up with this DevOps culture and they took teams that were typically infrastructure teams that, okay, you're the DevOps team. You're going to help us learn this culture. I really emphasize with my team that you're, and they all get it and I didn't have to tell them. They knew this when I, when I took over the team. Their role is to help build that DevOps culture. They're never going to be able to scale to do all the operations work. They help teams deliver safely and quickly, which is very similar. We never made that jump in QA or test. We always had this team who were dedicated to, as you mentioned at the very beginning, to testing and building quality in. And really, uh, I know Lisa Crispin has posted a lot on devtestops.com and and there's this which is bringing test into devops but which i don't mind but in a way devops includes testing and quality it's about getting rid of the walls that make sure a a role is going to do one thing in delivering software i think a lot of people still don't understand the the testing part of devops so i mean it's great you know great you know, bring that concept in for the uninitiated. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I've, I've seen good and bad things. Like I've worked with really great people that, you know, know all of this, but, you know, maybe we're stuck in a company culture where we can't actually do the right thing. And it's, it's frustrating and you're like trying to swim upstream against it. And, but, you know, you, you do what you can and for as long as you can, you know, you're not, you know, making things worse, I guess. Right. And in a role like yours, you're trying to help the team improve testing and quality and helping them just improve. And you end up bouncing around between a lot of different hats of coach and yeah. it, program manager it, and, and therapist and tester and everything you can do to help the team to deliver quickly and safely. Yeah, I, it's it's still really difficult because, um, you know, having this type of role, it still feels like your your voice gets a bit diluted at times because you can't be in all those places all at the same time. And so I I think if people are looking at staying in this sort of role that you need to really look for 
uh, a team that already understands this and that you're not constantly having to follow up and like, Hey, did you, did you push back when, you know, we're trying to deliver too quickly? Did you make sure that, you know, the testing requirements and, you know, kind of what are we looking for in terms of monitoring and, and metrics at the end of this, have those been set in place? And can we actually, do we need to build tools for that? Like have all those things been discussed and you alone won't be able to just constantly be, be like screaming into the void and hopefully somebody hears you, you have to have a team that already supports it. So it's kind of this weird chicken and egg thing. Like, yeah, we need the, the quality coach, but we also need a team that already understands most of these things already. It's, it's more like, you're just kind of like tapping people on the shoulder as the, hopefully the, the good angel, you know, <laughs> to tell them, yep, you're doing a good job. Yeah. Don't forget to do this. Okay. Yeah. We're still on the right path, you know, and keeping, pe- keeping the team steered in the right direction, I guess rather than having to like pull them out of the mud. Yeah. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to jump into that role when they don't know they need you yet. Exactly. Yeah. And it can be very, uh, demoralizing. Like, I know I'm, I know I'm talking about the right thing because I know we need to do this and people kind of like nod and agree, but then don't take the action. And you know, I've, I've been there too. And like, don't be discouraged. It's, you know, just keep doing the right thing. Yeah, I, I have so many questions and comments, but I I think we better wrap up. All right. This this has been uh, thank you thank you again for being on. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, thank you for having and me. learning from yeah. you. I I hope anytime. I hope my experience is encouraging that it's not all a bunch of people just writing UI tests all day. <laughs> no, I think uh, you know keep fighting the good fight. Uh, definitely stay healthy out there and and. Keep learning, keep being unafraid. Absolutely. Keep being unafraid to learn. Yeah. Not, not a problem. Thank, <laughs> thank you again. And um, I'll get this posted by Monday and our listeners can hear how awesome you are. Um, I hope they agree. <laughs> thanks, okay. thanks again for having me.